Hi, everyone. It's Steven Schleicher from Majorspoilers.com, and I want to thank you for checking out this week's episode of Critical Hit. And I want to take a moment and I want to thank all of our patrons, because quite honestly, we wouldn't be able to do this show week after week, month after month, year after year, to the point where we have become one of the longest running, continuous real play podcasts out there. And we're so thankful to all of our patrons for making that happen. But we are at a point at major spoilers and critical hit where that may not be feasible anymore because we need more of you, our fine listeners from all over the world, whether you're in Germany or Scandinavia or Australia, or yes, even Japan and China, we need more of you to join our growing group of awesome spoilerites at patreon.com slash major spoilers. And I know you're thinking, oh, I'll let the other person who's listening to the show take care of it. No, if everybody had that approach, then we wouldn't have any new patrons. And we need more of you to step up. I'm asking you to step up and join our group for just five bucks a month, five bucks a month at the silver level membership at patreon.com slash major spoilers gets you access to a bunch of stuff. You get behind the scenes on what's going on at major spoilers. You get this show a week early and commercial free. So if you don't like our commercials, well, then get on the Patreon at the silver level membership. Plus you get access to secret channels on the major spoilers discord server, where you can go and talk about uh, critical hit and other things. You can Sign up at that silver level membership, five bucks a month, just $5 a month. If we had 100, 200, 300, a thousand of you, which there's more than a thousand listeners to this show. If we had a thousand of you sign up the silver level membership, we would be able to do so much more for you at major spoilers and the major spoilers podcast network and here at critical hit. But you want a little bit more. Okay. At the gold level, $10 a month. You get access to the uh, Critical Hit character sheets. I'm rolling out the new character sheets right now on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers right now. You can see what changes have been made to Doc and to Dutch and in the coming weeks, Blisco and Valentino as well. You get access to our VIP live chat where once a month I give you, I sit down with you and answer your questions about what's going on at major spoilers. And most importantly, you get access to the GM roundtable. Now, what is the GM Roundtable? Some of you don't listen past the end. Uh, I talk about it every week. But the GM Roundtable in the past has been where we sit down and we tell you advice. We share advice with you on how to be a better game master at the table for you and your players. Currently, the GM Roundtable Octoon Cthulhu Edition is where I sit down with Dr. Bradley Will. You've heard him GM many games here on Critical Hit. And we talk about my plans for upcoming sessions like... I know where the team is going next. And so I'll sit down with Brad and I'll say, well, here's my plan and here's my thoughts and here's some things that I'm going to throw at the players. And Brad will share his, uh, you know, very knowledgeable uh, reactions to this. Sometimes it gets a little heated. And so you really get an inside look at what's going on behind the scenes on this campaign. And you can take these lessons that I am learning as a uh, newish GM and you take the knowledge that Brad is sharing and you can apply it to your own games. So just at the $10 a month, that weekly or bi-weekly, depending on when we have uh, new episodes out, but generally weekly, 
They come out before new episodes of Critical Hit. You can get an inside look at what's going on in upcoming sessions. And of course, if you want your name as part of a Critical Hit uh, game, that happens when you become an associate producer at patreon.com slash major spoilers. So we had a whole episode entitled The Great NATO. The Great NATO is one of our great patrons. He's been with us almost since the beginning. And we love great, uh, the great NATO so much that we made a character in the game based on him. So now is the time. Now is the perfect time for you to head to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Sign up just for $5 a month. $5 a month. In fact, we've got a deal. If you sign up for a whole year in advance, you, you get two months free. You pay for 10 months and you get two months free. That's quite a deal. So $5 a month keeps this show going, brings you more entertainment, and gets you access to a bunch of other stuff. So if you can, take a moment, go to patreon.com slash major spoilers and sign up for that silver level membership, just $5 a month. And I thank you so much in advance from the bottom of my heart. And of course, all the players appreciate it too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Critical hit Punch All Nazis takes place in the early days of World War II and combines high adventure with cosmic horror. All dates, locations, and historical events are thrown out the window in order to create a fun story. So don't put too much thought into historical inaccuracies. All accents are done poorly, but with love and no disrespect is intended. Last time on Critical The Nazis have absconded with the thing we're looking for, and then there's kind of no point for us to be here. If anyone's seen Madame Fry talk or the children. Right now, uh, we are not doing super well. And you enter into the Grand Display Gallery, and the Grand Display Gallery is a magnificent place where some of the best pieces of glass are on display. Of course, you are taken aback as soon as you enter the room because there's this glass dome at the top and the light of the sun is coming in. The two o'clock sun is coming in. And of course, it's it's wintertime. So the sun is much lower uh, on the sky than than what you notice um, uh, in the previous times that uh, that you were there. But the sun shines off on these beautiful pieces of glass. There's this swan sculpture with this exquisite curved neck that comes up. And there's this very large bear uh, glass sculpture that is uh, really large. It's like three feet tall, something like that. Uh, it is it is a very massive, heavy piece of, of glass. There's little ballerinas, very intricately done. Uh, and in the center of the Grand Display Gallery is a column. And atop that column is a red orb. All right, I take it back. Italians are pretty smart. <laughs> mm. Well, I, I'd say run over and get it, but I got yelled at the last time. So. <laughs> no. It's not the real one. The decoy. Wait, which one is the real one? Neither one of the ones we've seen so far. That one, the one that the Germans took, or the one that I bought, were the real one. Hmm. Rodrigo, Rodrigo, you get to add another fortune to your uh, to your uh, 
fortune pile because Brad and I had a bet this week that you wouldn't remember that you had bought a red orb. Ha. <laughs> Eat that, Dr. Will. No, he was the one that said, no, Oh, he was I the one who remember. I'm like, yeah. I don't right. think so. No. Dr. Right. Will is the one who has a uh, high opinion of us. I see. <laughs> Steven's the one who has an accurate <laughs> opinion of us. Least. Yeah, it's because he doesn't know us that well. All right. That's true. <laughs> so, yes, add one more. Add one more fortune to your pile. Nice. So you should have, it looks like, two fortune then right now. Yep. Okay. That gets me back up, too, because I spent one last game. Walk around out of the grand display gallery and into the great hall and then around to this sort of V-shaped. Sure. As you exit the room, you notice that in that northeast corner, uh, there are two men dressed in black suits with black sunglasses. Just kind of milling around like they're kind of watching the place, but uh, I mean, they're standing around um, acting like they are looking at all the displays in that area. And you walk out and you go around and you get into a little hallway from the back entrance. And there's a picture of the founder on the wall Mm -hmm. and other little signs and curiosity bits. Um, One sign that you notice as you are going out of the great hall uh, a sign has recently been posted that says help wanted. Do I spot any further runes or etchings? There are, on the wall? there are no runes or etchings on this side of the wall. And I'm like over here-ish? Yep. Mm-hmm. North side? Mm-hmm. Okay. The wall does continue all the way upstairs, right? Yes, it does. Okay. Like that, that, like, um, to the east of where you're at is that stairwell. So like, you know how the stairwell goes up through that second level and creates that cavity above. Yeah. That's kind of what this does too. It just goes right up through the wall and continues up to that uh, second floor. So through the floor and up. I'll go to the second floor. All right. You go up to the second floor. Everyone else follows you. Yeah. Uh, to your north, as you uh, exit the stairs, is the administration offices. There are two entrances to the administration office. Uh, one is open. The other one is closed. And on the uh, sign on the one that's uh, open in the window, you see a little help wanted sign inquire inside. And we didn't establish none of us speak Italian, right? Not fluently we- now. No. Okay. Uh, all right. I walk up to the wall and start walking around it and see if I spot anything. The plasterers did a fantastic job. It's like seamless. It looks like it's just part of the hallway because it is in perfect alignment with the rest of the walls along the hallway. It's, it's almost like you can't tell that there is a void space there. It just looks like wall. And there's pictures. Uh, there's uh, three pictures on the wall currently. Uh, the three pictures are of the three previous curators of the glass museum. Hmm. Um, what are their names? Uh, the first one, uh, he has a very dark hair. His name is Mozinski. And then the one right next to him. So the Mozinski would be the one that just recently, um, was the curator before the one that, that is the curator now that, uh, at least Rodrigo has met. And then next to that is a um, curly-haired gentleman. His name is uh, Larry Strofsky. 
And then uh, the very end, uh, this is probably all the way back to like 1920. So this is a very early uh, photograph. No, not 1920, probably 1910, something like that, of the first or the first photographed curator of the museum, um, uh, Curly Joski. Does the red orb happen to show up in any of these portraits? No, these are like regular portraits. This isn't like the the founder painting that you saw in the curator's office or in the um, uh, painting downstairs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. These are just regular photographs. Uh, so just that there are no visible etchings or anything like that? No, nothing up here. Uh, again, it just looks like hallway. I'm going to, assuming that nobody is looking at me except for the other guys, um, I'm going to put my ear up against the wall and knock on it. Okay. It sounds like a solid wall, but okay. if you would, roll me an insight plus, um, let's do insight plus, I guess, observation, uh, D1. One success. Very good. When you put your ear up to the wall, um, you can tell that this is a very solid wall. It is a thick wall. It's not like, you know, plasterboard. And then on the other side is some lath. And then through that is, you know, empty space. It it feels very solid. When you put your ear up to it, you can kind of hear a humming or a thrumming, like a really deep vibrating through the, through this section of the wall. Mm. I'll motion for whoever's right next to me to put their ear against the wall. Okay. Bug, eat, bug eater puts his ear next to the wall and he also hears. Uh, would I recognize it as anything? Mechanical? Does it sound mechanical or electronic? It is hard to tell. Why don't you do an insight plus uh, engineering? Yay. And let's try a D1 on that. Um, 13. Wow, two successes. You get one momentum yep. back. We're back in it, boys. It could be electrical, but your experience working with electrical engines, especially on the farm, this low hum sounds lower than what a 60 cycle or a 50 cycle hum would be. It's like way low register and a good powered engine or something that would be running would have a higher whine to it. Hmm. So it's not mechanical. What is it? Uh, not anything electrical or mechanical. I don't think, uh, be, too low this is not my area well thank you for helping us uh, eliminate your area <laughs> i'm gonna go back downstairs to the first floor okay you go back downstairs there's a lot of people milling around a lot of people are you know looking around to see if they can spot where the dead bodies would have been earlier in the day um, but the janitorial staff do an excellent job in this museum and you know where all the blood was, but nobody else can can see any sign of of dead bodies or anything. So a lot of people are standing around in the Great Hall and people are, are moving into the Grand Display Gallery. 
uh, because they figured that's where if something were to be stolen, that's where it would have been stolen from. So a lot of um, looky loo patrons to the museum today. Right. Um, I will go up to the wall, maybe get the others mm-hmm. to stand around to block direct sight mm-hmm. of what I'm doing. Yeah. And, no one's really but, paying attention. Yeah, I figured, but boom, boom, never boom, know. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, louder. It's not much louder. Okay. Does I I knock on this wall? Does it sound also feels super solid? Okay. Like not even cinder block. This this feels like behind this Venetian plaster, there is probably oh. several layers of solid brick. There's one level left, so I'll, yep, I'll go walk over to the boiler room or to basically this sort of hallway gallery that's by the boiler room. Sure. So I can, you know, scope it out for a bit. Okay. It doesn't appear to be any activity. There's regular patrons moving through. You hear one person going, oh, this glass is so beautiful. (laughs) My eyes are so dazzled by the beauty. Can we see the person? Do they look like a hotel clerk? So where? No, you, that's, no, not, no. that's not what the hotel that's, guy. That's not. Like. That's not what the. That's not the hotel guy. No, this is a really short, uh, kind of studious guy. He's got his hair like plastered down, but not in the cool way like mm-hmm. like uh, <laughs> Dutch does or Valentino. This guy's got it parted right in the middle, and it goes down on each side. And uh, it is it is extra grease. And then he's got a high collar uh, on his on his shirt. And he's got very, very, very thick glasses. He's relatively short, too. He's probably only about five, three. So where uh, Dutch was knocking on the wall, was that where he's seen the sigils earlier? No, the sigils were in the grand uh, grand display gallery. Mm hmm. In that northeast corner. Yeah. Right where so, you saw the little ghost girl and where you mm, saw the men in black. Yeah, I see. That mm. tracks. If I were to look that way, is there fellows in black there still? I mean, they're still standing around. I don't know if they, they probably don't recognize you. So, I mean, if you wanted to go and look at the displays over in, in that corner, you probably could. Okay. Oh, I do that and just kind of against sure. the wall where he was seeing roll, that. And... Roll me a will plus resistance. Okay. Oh this is a D2. Well, it's not bad. You say resistance? Yep. Or, yeah. Or uh, resilience? Resilience, sorry. Resilience. Okay. I wrote uh, resilience resistance. isn't super great, but let's see what happens. Hey, two successes. Wow, nice, nice. Uh, two successes. Yeah, you go over there and um, you can look at the... Uh, you can look at the uh, pieces of glass. There's a very nice uh, glass ballerina collection over here. Uh, the two men in black kind of look at you, uh, and then they kind of look at each other, and then they kind of move out of the way. Like, you know, if a regular patron were to walk over there, uh, you know, people would move out of your way so that you could see the exhibits. They kind of move down a few feet and start looking at, you know, another um, swan, crystal swan with a big, long, graceful neck. Uh, and you're kind of standing right there in that that corner, looking at the uh, ballerina collection. Okay. If I were like lean against the wall, does like 
like put my hand against it or anything and just if you put your hand against it you don't feel anything okay if i surreptitiously look at it there doesn't seem to be any sort of you know now what to, to look for and you can see these faint sigils etched in the corner all the way around almost like a mm, a doorway perhaps i see all right. Interesting. All right. Well, I might go back down and see what the fellows are doing down by the boiler room. Okay. Rodrigo has, in the meantime, made it into the boiler room and gone underneath the uh, the building. Okay. Crawl your way around to those to that area. Yep. Crawl over to that area. I had. I had. Uh... So underneath there is a solid. Yeah, just like a wall, solid wall too that mm-hmm. goes all the way around uh, that area. You know, look for sigils. You don't see any sigils down here, but if you put your head to the wall, you can definitely hear. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is that about the same as the other ones? About the same as the other ones. Okay, I'll try to knock and see if it's. I mean, it looks solid. It is very solid. It's all it's all brick, and it's not like. A, uh, you know, a single width of a brick, you can at least tell that it is, it's several bricks thick. Okay. I'll make my way back. Okay. There's a Dutch in a boiler room. Well, I didn't find anything. Hmm. You can still hear it thrumming from the crawl space, but there doesn't seem to be any access. Well, do you think that they have to come up from underneath or something? Well, I was hoping that there was some sort of, um, I guess, mechanical hiding space of some mm-hmm. kind, and that it would be either on the roof or the basement, or not the roof, but the um, second floor or the basement, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting on the roof to to see if it's up there. I don't think that there's any like hidden compartment as far as I can see. At least, not a uh, mundanely hidden compartment. Yeah, that's where I'm thinking too. Why did you see anything? Well, I was just looking at the wall you were looking at earlier, and my guess is that's how they'd get in or out there. But I think that takes a different sort of knowledge. Hmm. Hmm. Well, so can can anyone hear the noise through the wall? I mean, if you put your head up to the wall, yeah. Do you think that it might be worth seeing if I recognize anything? I'm trying, I, I'm racking my brain to think of anything that might exist in 1939 that might have some sort of, it's probably not ultrasound. Yeah. Or is it? Yeah, you're going to hear the same sound. But I don't have oh, anything oh, that would give me like a... I'd be like, hey, do I have any special uh, insights? Let's Does look and like see if you have any special skills. Boom, boom, boom. I have a number of you skills. Do insight plus. I mean, I know some electronics. Well, we already, we already uh, ruled that out. Sciencey thing. There's, I mean, you can try sciencey stuff. I mean, you thing. can do insight plus um, academia. Hmm. I was wondering if medicine might buy us anything. No, you could do academia. Okay. Yeah, D2, do, though. Do, 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 do. Oh. BD2 difficulty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's just hurtful. Wait, what is our momentum right uh, now? One. One. <laughs> I yeah, no, and I cleared not. off that drawing. It cleared off everything. Eh, I got a success. <laughs> yeah, you put your head up to the wall, and um, you hear boom, 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 boom. Make sure your teeth itch. Like, you should know something about this, but it's just out of your grasp. Just out of reach. Okay. Um, well, uh, my next idea is to try and get a really good look at those runes and then see if we can run them by um, Antoine. Okay. Yeah. All right, who's going to go up there? I guess I will. All right, will plus resilience. Okay. D2. Uh, I am going to use my Dauntless talent okay. to buy right. a free okay. D20. Okay. And then you said it was will and resilience. Two hey, two successes. Yeah, you're able to walk up to it and you can see these strange symbols. Um, I, I think if you spend too much time, you're going to have to be, uh, how about you also need to roll me a um, stealth plus will? Yeah. Yeah, stealth plus will because you're standing right out there in the open with these men in black nearby. So you're not scared away. But now you need to nonchalantly see if you can pick up any of the uh, any of the symbols. Okay. Um, I'm going to. Oh my! This is the most beautiful room in the gallery. Oh, <laughs> it's so brilliant! The light coming in through the window up there is so in my eyes. Oh, I have and, half a mind to push this guy into a. <laughs> into a stand and see if he can make give me a distraction. Do it. Do it. All right. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, you would need to do a. Uh, that'd be a fighting, right? So uh, that would be your agility and fighting. Because I'm way better at fighting than I am at stealth. All right. Do it. Agility and fighting. Okay. I, yeah. By three points. I'll, <laughs> I'm still going to pick up that momentum. Okay. Or or spend it. You're going to use the momentum. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what this guy is. Three successes. Uh, all right, let's. Oh, do dang! It. I'm just gonna do uh, three successes. I'm just gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna have to spend a threat here. <laughs> oh snap! This guy's. I don't a know, right? I know, right? Uh, no. What is that? Uh, yeah, he had two successes to your three successes. No, um, you uh, you kind of bump into him and trip him at the same time. It's probably based on some shenanigans you guys did in boot camp in the showers or something and he's like oh my oh, oh, and he bang right into the giant three foot tall glass bear and every and it goes falling down and crashing on to the floor everybody just stops and freezes and looks the two men in black are like you can see them reach into their into their vest pockets into their jacket pockets uh as everybody just looks he goes i'm so sorry i'm I don't know. My guess. I need to get my prescription checked. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, that's all happening. I'll try to. Get yeah, down you are able to. You are able to to uh, crib uh, five or six 
of the runes very quickly um, and kind of uh, memorize them and, or jot them down onto a piece of paper. All right. Janitor, the, the curator comes in. Oh, again. This is twice in three days. Ah. And then you see the janitorial guy starting to wheel in. And All right, everyone, please, please, please clear out, clear out, clear out. So everybody's going to have to clear out of the grand display gallery. Yeah, that's all right. That's all I had. Like I, on our way out, I'll be like, oh, that's all I had for this. Um, Valentino, did you actually touch the wall with the yeah, runes? And I it did. It solid. Seems solid enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we probably need some way of opening that. You say that you uh. That the Germans, you don't think they got a real one, or the one that was on display was even a real one? Uh, you just going on a hunch there, or is there anything? Well, so here's my rationale for it. They, so we now know that the Fancy Boys are this, are Italy's version of the Luminaries. Um, Correct. A splinter group. So they are... Uh, just like the other luminaries, it's their job to stand watch over this, except we've only encountered dead or soon-to-be-dead luminaries so far. Um, but these alive luminaries are clearly keeping watch over this. The Germans were here, and they stole that orb. And for some reason, those guys are still here instead of, I don't know, shooting at a biplane or something fun like that. Uh, so my guess is, is that every red orb that we've uh, encountered is, uh, for all intents and purposes, a herring. Hmm. So sense. I guess it is a hunch. I don't have hard proof of that. But if I just don't think that those guys would be hanging out here if the orb was, if the real orb was gone. Um, and also, it's only been a day, but my guess is if we don't hurry up and find this orb, we're going to run into the Germans again when they realize that their orb either has teleported back here, and that's the real orb, or that their orb was a decoy. And we're uh, pretty sure that the luminaries here are probably more of a deficit than an asset. So everybody seems to be Give them a very wide berth. I just don't. Yeah, if they not 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 really. They they just kind of they notice them, but they don't like move out of their way. Okay. If we decide to make contact with them, uh, they and they aren't on the up and up, or they have their own ideas of what should happen, then the jig is up, and. We, again, because this is their home turf, right? They can just keep us out of here using their own resources without any problems. So if we reach out to them, like their job is to guard this from like random people who want to steal it. So <laughs> if if we tell them we're trying to keep it safe from the Germans, they've literally already done that. True. In one way or another. I mean, I have, since the security here is actually pretty good, I think maybe we should just leave it with them. Um, but I don't think the brigadier is going to take kindly to that. 
uh, and we are still somewhat uh, dependent on the good graces of the British military. So uh, we, we probably do need to get the orb. But if there's one place where I would be more or less okay with leaving it is here in a museum where there seems to be a guard to it and also hidden behind magic. Or, again, uh, that allows it to teleport back to its stand magically. Of course, if the orb teleports, is it really the same orb? Or did the orb die and there's now a facsimile of it? I don't say that because Dutch doesn't get that deep into sci-fi. Also, I don't know that sci-fi regarding that kind of stuff has been written already. I feel like that's more of like a 50s, 60s sci-fi concept of like, (laughs) is teleportation actually dying? The, The man with the glasses gets up, oh... I can't wait to get home and talk to my friend Roddenberry about all of this. <laughs> so, unless you guys want to do something else at the museum, I'm satisfied here. We need more information. Yeah. Do we want to report what happened to, to the report brigadier? What happened? Like, huh? To the brigadier? Yeah. So, I've reported so far everything that happened with the Germans. And with the break-in. Oh, okay. Um, but we're going to call him again because we need to see if... Uh, A, if um, Antoine has found anything new regarding uh, the local luminaries. And B, tell him about some of these runes. And see if he knows anything. Sounds good. Okay, well, uh, let's head back to our hotel, get in, and then hide under the covers for the people that toss our uh, so the people that toss our room daily don't get uh, discouraged. Oh no, no one's no one's tossed your room at, at this room. Uh, at this hotel. Only at the other hotel. Okay. All right. So you uh, make your way back across uh, the island of Murano, and you get into the boat. Uh, there's a uh, uh, one boat that's sitting there that says out of service, uh, death in the family. Mm-hmm. But there are other people that are willing to pick you up and ferry uh, you back to the island of Venice. And you make your way back into your hotel and to your room. The maid service has been in and cleaned up and uh, you are in your room. Okay. It is four o'clock in the afternoon. All right. Uh, Valentino, you want to make the call? Yeah, I'll make a call. Oh, hello. Yeah, this is Valentino. How about you? Oh, Valentino. It's me, Antoine. How are you? Hey, Antoine. I'm doing all right. Um, it's so good to hear your voice. Yes. Uh, glad to hear yours. Uh, yeah, we've been uh, kind of checking out the museum here. and uh, mm-hmm. So, uh Got a few things we kind of need to pick uh, some brains about. Uh, okay. First, uh, I heard that uh, Dutch had you checking in on the local luminaries. Yes, um, we did find. Uh, it was a little bit of digging. Uh, you know, uh, it appears to be just a social organization. At least that's how they portray themselves in the newspapers and in the in the uh in in the uh, business section of of that portion of Italy uh they don't see any 
founding date in our records, uh, so they could be part of the original Luminaries, but I'll be honest, it feels kind of like everything that I've seen, like it's a a scheme where they just want to take people's money for the promise of uh, esoteric knowledge. I see. Well, I, they definitely they don't seem, seem to be... be they don't seem to be too on the level from their literature, but I'm sure they're able to sucker some people in. Yeah, I assume so. Well, uh, we if they are if they are the luminaries, though, um, do be careful. Uh, the other luminaries that you have mentioned seem to be lost sex, or uh, in the case of the man in the library or the uh, the bookstore owner, it seems to be. Uh, on their last legs in other places. So it's interesting that this area has uh, seemed to secure its legacy, so to speak. Huh. All right. Good to know. Uh, the other thing we are needing to find out about, um, we think there may be something that we need to get into, uh, but the only thing that looks like a potential entrance uh, seems to be a solid wall, except for some runes. Oh, uh, what, what do they look like? You describe them. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll show him my sketches. <laughs> All right, Brian, tell me what you see. <laughs> well, uh, this one kind of looks like an A with a stem down the middle underneath the cross. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. With some, you can hear him snapping a finger at somebody. This one, uh, something like a cross with a dot in the middle with a crook at the bottom end. Okay. Uh, here's one that's uh, kind of like the letter F, except uh, slanted, uh, kind of to the uh, top left and bottom right for the main stem, and uh, the middle stem is uh, a squiggle, and there's a dot on the top right of the top stem. Okay. Um let's see I'm I'm looking through this book here. Um it is some kind of a ritualistic magic. Um it's like a ward of protection or to um eh, like a keep away kind of perhaps spell. Ah, interesting. Um Definitely felt like there is some kind of resistance whenever we tried to check it out. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Any other any symbols? In- yeah, I mean, I'll describe any of them that uh, he drew down. Okay. There's at least two more. There's got to be at least two more. Yeah. <laughs> I so. really, I really thought it was going to be like, yeah, this looks like it's like a bee, but it has a little a little opening in the back and the circles like, like the B bumps look really sharp. <laughs> and there's one that's like three half circles, but progressively smaller from top to bottom. Oh, uh, and then there's one that's a rectangle and uh-huh. half of it is fill in and it says 50%. <laughs> huh? Well, I don't know about the last one, but um, it sounds like, there's also some kind of a locking mechanism in that spell. <laughs> yeah. Um, any insight on how we'd unlock it? 
Oh, um, you don't have any mm, practitioners with you, do you? No, uh, I'm afraid we don't. And you hear that? Oh, let me have that. Who is this? Ah, uh, this is Valentina, sir. Oh, this is a brigadier. Um, what what is going on? Oh, uh, we're trying to see if we can perhaps figure out how to get into what seems like some sort of room in the museum that is sealed with runes. It looks like. Hmm. Have you hmm? Have you considered just blowing it up? <laughs> Not as of yet, but um, I feel like the, our best opportunity to do that would be when uh, they're doing a fireworks display here. And I think we're still a few days off from that, I believe. Like a week, yeah. Yeah, like a week. So uh, if we want to do it with any kind of uh, deniability or, you know, uh, getting away from it, I, that would probably be our best bet. Well, uh, please hurry up as as quickly as you can, because uh, time is short and we don't need these damn Nazis getting their hands on any more of these artifacts. Agreed. Uh, yeah, we're trying to figure out the most covert way we can go about this. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, time is short. Uh, we've It's been a week since you've left Egypt. Uh, we need to be moving on. So please uh, wrap this up quickly. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, right, just, goodbye. And he hangs goodbye. up on you. Well, <laughs> Anton suggests that uh, we need some kind of practitioner. I don't know where we're going to get that, but uh, we do have a meeting with the Resistance tonight. So maybe they have somebody that knows something about this. There's also a chance that they, because, like, also, why would they want us to take an Italian artifact out of Italy? I mean, That's aside better. from all the fascists, <laughs> I guess we could play that angle. Yeah, so the fascists don't get held with anything dangerous. Yeah. How do you how how many you feel like should go on that particular excursion? Um, unless anybody has something else they want to do, I don't see why all four of us wouldn't go. They've already right. met two of you. Yeah, besides me, so. We might as well go. And honestly, I was play, planning on just putting cards on the table and telling them kind of exactly what we're doing. Unless, you know, we meet them and we get a vibe like they're cops or something. But Fair. I've already talked to Andretti a couple times and my uh, my gendarme sense didn't go off. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, just uh, didn't want to spook him, you know, showing up with the crowd. Yeah, well, like I said, they've already met two others yeah. besides me so showing up with the fourth that fourth is gonna no have they met doc yeah mm-hmm. they, met doc. Doc. they haven't met they haven't met, they haven't met, met like, either like hi are they, they're gonna love them <laughs> fair enough this because i'm pretty sure this guy can drink <laughs> mm. so the day passes and it starts to get into night and as the temperature drops the water still is relatively warm and so now a Thick fog is starting to encompass the area. You make your way from the hotel to the uh, plaza, the Venice Plaza, and uh, it's relatively deserted. There are some people still out and about. Uh, A couple of restaurants are still open, but all of the tourist shops are closed. 
there are some lamps that are lit in the square and underneath one of the lamps, you see an old man and it looks like he's drawing a picture on, on the sidewalk with chalk. I will slowly approach. Oh, hello. And you can see he's drawing this beautiful landscape. It's a daytime of the, of the plaza. And he uh, takes a piece of chalk and he, uh, is drawing a bird up in the air and he makes a little check, uh, you know, as you do when you're trying to draw the birds, mm-hmm. uh, he draws a little, a little check. And then he looks at you, you want to try? And he is holding the piece of chalk up to you. Uh, sure. Thanks. So yeah, he will try to draw a little bit of the, um, sort of like the stonework on the ground. Uh, and then he will also uh, put a check mark in one of the stones and be like, uh, this one's cracked. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I see, I see. And he kind of stands up and he's got a little cr- uh, little uh, cane and he's kind of gives you the finger like, oh, please uh, follow me. I'll motion for everybody to follow. And he leads you down an alley off of the plaza. Uh, and it's very silent and it's a very tiny alley. Uh, there's a lot of debris as you're going down this alley, like uh, wooden crates, barrels that have been cracked open and discarded, uh, refuse from the buildings scatter the alley. And all the way down at the end of the alley are two very big, muscular men. And they're standing at a doorway that's illuminated by an incandescent light. Who sent you? Uh, we talked to Andretti earlier. Andretti, mm-hmm. over on Murano. Mm-hmm. The two men kind of look at each other. One of them kind of rubs his chin. <sighs> and the other one's like, come on, it's Andretti. Uh, all right. And he opens the door and ushers you in. This is a very tight space. There is, uh, it's an old building, right? Obviously, you're on Venice. A lot of buildings up on pylons and stuff, uh, over the canals and there's a set of wooden stairs that go up and up and up um, about three stories into something at the top of the stairs. Go up the stairs. Yep. You go up the stairs, you reach a door. It's barred. I'll knock. Who is it? Uh, I'm Dutch. Who uh, sent talk- you? <laughs> Andretti. Over in Andretti. Morocco. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey. you hear some locks being unlocked and a door opens and there's a man, another burly man that's kind of standing there. Come in, come in quickly. Anyone follow you? I don't think so. Mm, good, good. Uh, this is a kind of a loft area like you might find on top of a small tower or um, a storage area that you might find in um, in a barn. Um, apparently, you know, in older buildings, they would move a lot of their storage stuff upstairs, uh, because downstairs would either get too wet or in this case, uh, there's no basement. It's full of water. Uh, there are probably about four or five people doing various things. Um, one person looks to be oiling, uh, some kind of a machine. Another person is checking guns. Another person is looking out a window, uh, at the, at the square in the area below. Another person is is scribbling on on a piece of paper at the table in the center of the room. It's very dusty, musty, 
kind of smell in this room. But uh, yeah, they all kind of look up as the four of you enter. I'll give him a wave. A man strides forward. He's uh, probably taller than all of you. He has uh, long hair, dark, pulled back into a ponytail, uh, very dark skin, and he approaches you. Hello. My name is Marshall Nesbitt. You have found the resistance. Extend a handout. Dutch. Ah, Dutch. Andretti has told me so many things about you. These are Valentino, Bog Eater, and Doc. Uh, Do you eat bugs? Uh, Nickname from back home. I see, I see. My nickname back home is Marshall. That's a good one. Yes. Yes, it is. So, um... What can you, what can we do for you and what can you do for us? All right. So, uh, we actually represent a, uh, not on the books operation by the British military. Oh, you're with the British military. And, uh, our mission is to try to keep uh, several uh, culturally significant and potentially dangerous artifacts out of Nazi hands. Mm. My, mission, my mission is to stop the fascists at all costs. Then I think our, uh, our missions align in most ways anyway. Uh, did you hear about what happened at the museum in Morano? Oh, I heard about the murder. It's a terrible, terrible thing. And he crosses yeah. himself. We, uh, I suppose we suspect, but we are very, we're pretty much certain that a, not, a Nazi op- operative is uh, at, uh, is, was the cause for that. Mm, uh, they were trying very to, concerning. Yeah, they were trying to remove an artifact from there, but we have reason to believe that they took a decoy. Um, and the real artifact may still be concealed somewhere in that museum. Mm. Mm-hmm. I see. And you need to find this artifact? We need to find that artifact uh, and take it somewhere else where the Nazis can't get it. Mm-hmm. And how might you do that? Well... We're pretty sure it's somewhere in the museum, or at least that there's some sort of hidden room in the museum. Oh, a hidden room. So, Marshall did not know this, and he looks at the man sitting at the table writing. And the man looks up at him and goes, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> yes, well, do not let it happen again. <laughs> I won't, sir. <laughs> it's it's all right. We have... Uh, a uh, an unusual methodology that sometimes unearths things that other people have missed. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we are also interested in the island of Murano right now. There's a boat unloading cargo. Lots of cargo. And we suspect that cargo is weapons. Weapons that the fascist government plans to use against Greece in the coming weeks. That's not good. I see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen the boat. 
you have seen the boat? Yes, you can see it from here. And walks you over to the the window where a guy in a you know a big wool turtleneck uh, sweater is standing. He's got a he's got a, a little uh, knit cap on, and he's got a, a submachine gun that he's holding. He's a big burly guy, and you guys can look out. And sure enough, you can kind of see through the fog. It's a low fog. Uh, you can see across the bay to the island of Murano, and sure enough, there is a big boat over there, and it's getting kind of late they're probably not unloading right now but that is definitely the boat that bug eater and uh valentino saw uh earlier in the day yeah it's definitely the one we were uh looking at earlier uh seemed to be plenty of police around there yes uh of course the fascists are and the police are one and the same here mm-hmm. yeah we would love to destroy that warehouse and that boat but we have a bigger problem. Okay. The police have some kind of a, a demon dog. Mm. It's killed many of our men. Yeah, oh, we've yeah, seen many them. of our men. Five in the last month. Five very good fighters of freedom. But we yeah, have... we 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 caught a glimpse of one of those dogs a few days ago. Oh, you did. You are alive. Oh, you must be very good at what you do. I, Marshall, am also good at what I do. Oh, sound like it. Yes. So, seems like we have some problems and we may have some solutions for you. Okay. Perhaps you get rid of this uh, demon dog for us. And uh, it won't be a problem when we blow up that warehouse, which could cause a great distraction for you as you get what you need from the glass museum. I'll, I'll look back at the others. Like, you guys you guys up for tackling a demon dro- dog situation? Sounds like at least some sort of straightforward solution, so we can try it. Yeah, something to throw things at instead of what we've been doing. Sure. I think okay. we're up to it. Yep. We'll start looking into the dog situation. Yes, and we can provide you with um, whatever you need, because it's clear you did not uh, come here with uh, any weapons that could do damage to the dog. Uh, no, and uh, we've been spending most of our resources keeping Andretti hydrated, so... <laughs> oh, that Andretti. Listen. Over there is our weapons master. You tell him what you might need, and he can try to procure it for you. Great, thank you. Yes, and I will sit here and think of a great plan to bring the demon dog to us. Excellent. Yes, that's what I thought. (laughs) Go talk to the weapons master. Hello? Hey, you wouldn't happen to have any of those uh, big zappy lightning guns, would you? Um, are, are you talking about the, the one that the Nazis use? Yeah. The Foe Seeker? Is that what it's called? Uh, that's what we call it. And he reaches behind him and flips open a, a uh, you know, a canvas, piece of canvas, and he turns around and he is holding a Foe Seeker rifle. Does this look like the ones it, we've seen in the past? Oh boy. It definitely does. Oh, look. 
Bug eater, they have one in your size. <laughs> there is the information that you need on the Foe Seeker rifle. It's rifles. Extreme. Damage is uh, seven. Ooh. Yeah, seven dice. And then I looked up a little bit more on piercing. Um, you get one piercing of you get one piercing for every effect that oh. you roll. So while it says piercing one, if you roll three uh, effects, then you would get three piercing on uh, as part of that. Well, that's good yeah. to know. Yeah. That's better than we'd been a... This is the history. only one that we... This is the only one that we have. Um, unfortunately, um, yeah. Uh, we've noticed that the... Uh, what we're calling the demon dog... Um, it's the demon dog, yes. Yes, yes, sir. Um, we noticed that it tends to not get injured, or if it is getting injured, it's healing itself very quickly. It seems to have some kind of magical properties about it. But, yeah. you know what I say? If you can shoot it, you can kill it. <laughs> that actually well, has been this. our uh, our experience as well. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we shall get along fine. Mm-hmm. Here, um, maybe this one will help. And okay. he hands you a uh, Lee Enfield rifle. Oh, nice. Ooh. So there's only one. There's only one of each of these. And if nothing else, maybe we can take out the handlers. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. okay with me keeping the rifle? Sounds fine to me. <laughs> okay. uh, bug Eater's already uh, like... Checking out the other thing and has completely checked out of any other conversation that's not about his new toy. Yeah. It's probably not as powerful as the other two, but you hear a and he pulls out a Winchester uh, shotgun. If this thing gets close to you, this is what you should use. Is a close range or close quarters weapon or whoever wants that one. I think I'll take the shotgun. This sounds like my. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Shotgun. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and then, unfortunately, we are running low on some of our supplies. I don't know why Marshall wants to blow up the weapons warehouse when we could use a lot of that for our fight. But um, here are some a few grenades uh, that we have. This might be useful to you as well. And he gives each of you one pineapple grenade. Ooh. I think that's all that I could probably provide you with now. If you have a list of other things you might need, uh, please let me know. You wouldn't have anything in the area of, say, a first aid kit, would you? Huh, I wish. Weapons are my thing, not healing. <laughs> what about, for lack of a better term, armor? Yeah, body armor. Huh, I wish, friend. Working with the government does help out some. Yeah. Yeah. The the main thing we have going for us here, at least as far as the Nazis are concerned, is that neither one of us is on our home turf. So it's nice to at least have made contact with one of the two teams here. At that moment, you hear somebody running up the stairs and pounding on the door. Pound, 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 pound. Uh, The big burly guy who opened the door for you before kind of cracks the door. Who is it? Oh. And he opens the door and a, a woman comes rushing in. 
Uh, she's got a scarf uh, thrown over her head and uh, she's running in a, a completely out of breath. The, the big burly guy closes and locks the door behind. <sighs> Where's Marshall? Where's the Marshal at? Oh, Marshal. Yes, what is it? Ah, uh, I'm, I have bad news. The demon dog. We've discovered its weakness. How can that be bad news? Its weakness, uh, we have to cut off its source of magic. Oh, that is not good. You see, and he turns to the group of you. In this world, there is magic. Oh. Mm -hmm. You may have heard of the Houdini, or you yes. may have heard of the great NATO. Ooh, they are like mere him. charlatans compared to the real magic that is out there. I, Marshall, have seen this myself. We've seen a bit as well. Yeah. Oh. And I'll, I'll just point at Doc. You're a magician. Nope. This is, this is why he's like this. <laughs> yes, magic is very deadly. I'm going to have to ponder on this a little while. Well, do we know what that source is? Magic? Oh. Well, the, the source from of many the, places. I mean, specifically for the dog. Ah. Oh, no, I, I'm afraid that I don't... Uh, I just know that it has a magical connection, and if we can sever that magical connection, then you should be able to hurt it. Okay. All right. Yes, you did. You did very good, Sarah. Oh, thank you. Now, please, go. Get something to drink. You look very peaked. And she goes off into the corner, and somebody brings her some a glass of water, some cheese. I tell you what, gentlemen. I need to think about this a little bit more. I will contact somebody that I may know. Hmm. See if we can maybe figure out how we can take down this dog together. Okay. Um, if this person has uh, occult experience... Oh, yes, uh, I should go and find someone that also has occult experience. Yeah. Good idea. I can tell you're the smart one of the group. And he kind of gives you a little smack on the face. Oh. Mm -hmm. We are going to be great friends. He puts his arm around you. Ah, uh, yay. Break out the wine. Tonight we drink. And you hear a lot of, ah. And from around a corner comes Andretti. And he's carrying a couple of bottles of wine. Andretti! Glasses. Oh, hello. <laughs> you guys all enjoy lots and lots of wine. Critical Hit Punch Hall Nazis is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment and was produced and edited by me, Stephen Schleicher. If you'd like to get a behind-the-scenes making of this episode, be sure to check out the GM Roundtable Octum Cthulhu Edition at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash majorspoilers. Each week I discuss my plans for the upcoming game session, and Dr. Brad Will is there to share his reactions and advice on how to be a better game master. I will warn you, though, there are spoilers galore in every installment of the GM Roundtable Octoon Cthulhu Edition. So, if you don't like spoilers and don't want to know what I am planning next, don't listen to these episodes. Though, I will say, if you do listen, you'll be able to see how and where the players throw a wrench into my plans, and you're also going to have greater insight into the world that's being built into this campaign. 
This week, patron Marshall Nesbitt joins the NPC crowd as the leader of the Italian resistance. And of course, the great NATO gets a name drop as well. You want your name to appear as one of these NPCs in future episodes? All you need to do is become an associate producer at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Finally, we want you to record yourself doing your best on critical hit and send it to us at podcast at majorspoilers.com and your voice will join the growing chorus of fans in upcoming episodes as well. Thank you again for listening this week and here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. This podcast is copyright 2023 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.